A reading from the Hua Hu Ching by Lao Tzu. A person may learn to be completely virtuous, but if he is unable to serve others, or if his usefulness is limited by the fact that he himself needs help, then he cannot be said to be completely virtuous. A truly virtuous person cannot be indifferent to the troubled world in which he lives, and must develop skills and methods by which to help himself and others. Great, thank you, Heather. That's fantastic. Well, um, today is the first Sunday of Lent. Now, put your hand if you realise that was the first Sunday of Lent today. Ritter, fantastic, of course. Diane, very good. The people I'd expect uh, to know that. Uh, the word Lent uh, comes from the Anglo-Saxon word, which means to lengthen. That's where the actual word Lent, uh, Lent comes from. I'm going to do a bit of Lent stuff for a moment. It means to lengthen, and it is the idea that the days are lengthening. It's now, someone told me, Wendy told me actually, it was two, it's two months since the shortest day of the year. So we're getting to the point where the days are lengthening. And the reason that we've got Lent is that um, early Christians you know, built up to Easter and wanted to have a special celebration. And so what, did they want to, what they wanted to do is to have a period of fasting and preparation leading right the way up to Easter. A lot of the time, baptisms happened at Easter. So you prepared for your baptism. And that's why the period of Lent came along. And it's supposedly 40 days. And the reason they think that is because it's the 40 days Jesus was in the wilderness. But it's actually 46 days. Anybody know why it's 46 days? They, they don't count Sundays, that's right. So you can, you can fast in on Sundays, you can do what you like. But they, it, is actually, it is actually 46 days. And then um, also afterwards, uh, it's interesting to note that 50 days after um, Easter uh, is a period where you're not supposed to kneel to pray, you're not supposed to fast at all after Easter. And that's when Pentecost happened, and that is the 50th day after Easter, and that's sort of when the, the Holy Spirit came along. So that's really, you know, a bit about what Lent was all about. And traditionally, the idea of Lent is you give stuff up. That's what has traditionally happened. And, and the reason that you give stuff up is the idea is that, you know, whatever you take, whether it's taking this chocolate or whatever it is, things like that, you take this stuff in, alcohol or whatever the things are, in order to suppress the pain that you've got in your life normally. And the idea is you let go of those things in order to find out what's really going on with you. So if you stop, you know, drinking or stop having chocolate or coffee or whatever your particular thing is, the idea is that what will happen is that those feelings that you use, chocolate or coffee or whatever it is, to suppress uh, those emotions, they will come up. And therefore, during Lent, it's the time to look at what's going on, to look at those feelings and to come to terms with them in a a way that doesn't involve uh, using a substitute. But, you know, I think it's interesting hearing uh, Brian's song and and Jonathan's song and being in touch with the whole Huts for Vets idea that we've been sort of engaging with here. I'm going to suggest possibly that a way to observe Lent this year might be to take our attention off ourselves. I mean, 
Heather read that reading, and instead of being aware of what you know we're going through, to start to think about being aware of what others are going through in life. Because, you know, we get so terribly bound up in ourselves, you know. We get bound up in our own suffering and all the issues that we've got and the, the needs and things that, that sometimes we just fail to see what's going on right in front of us with the people who are actually there. And our focus on, uh, around Valentine's Day, you know, Hats for Vest, really, it makes us. When you hear Brian's song, I mean, you just put your attention outside yourself. You just hear that song and you think, wow, you know, that is going on. Um, and I think it's a good way for, for us to take ourselves through those 46 days of Lent. You know, as we live our lives, we tend to live, you know, with our eyes down. You know, particularly in England, where, where people, you go, on the, you go on the underground in England, no one talks to each other at all. They, they look with their eyes down on the buses, no one speaks to each other. Everyone's very much, and to some extent we do the same, we're, in, we're always in our own world. We keep ourselves to ourselves. We follow our path, but we don't want to get drawn into the paths of others because we don't have to deal with their pain as well as ours. You know, we don't want to look up at them because then we have to start feeling what they're feeling and what their pain is. But the amazing thing is, and you all know this, is that when you're dealing with the pain of others, you tend to forget your own pain. That's what happens when, you're, when your attention is out there. You think that your pain plus their pain is going to be just too much to bear. It's like two plus two equals four. There's an idea that if, if you look outside yourself and engage with other people's pain, it'll double your pain and you won't be able to deal with it. But in reality, your focus on their pain will take your attention off your own and actually relieves the feeling of our own pain. You know, think of a time when you were really engaged with others and what they were dealing with in the same way that you know, Mac wrote those songs. You put your attention outside yourself. It's not on you. And, you know, that makes all the difference. It enables you to give. When you put your attention outside yourself, it enables you to give. But when your attention is on yourself, you can't because you're too involved in yourself. A couple of weeks ago, I quoted a wonderful phrase from the Buddhist uh, Dharmapada, which is, the one I call the priest is ever true, ever kind. Such a one never asks what life can give, only what can I give life. Doesn't ask, you know, what life can give, but only what can I give life. What can I give life? To have your attention out is to ask that question, what can I give life? And that really makes you engage with what's actually going on in front of you. And it's a very different approach from one which says, you know, what's life going to give me? Who's going to give it to me? Who's going to solve my problems and my needs? Which is how most of us go around most of the time. Jesus said, and so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Do to others what you would have them do to you. And that traditionally in all religions is known as the golden rule because it occurs in all the world's major religions. However, 
it goes further because if you think about it, the way we'd like to be treated is for others to have consideration for the way that we are feeling and the problems that we might have. And that idea of our attention being out is what's key to all those religions, that we are embracing the pain of others. And in doing so, we actually heal ourselves. You know, Jesus' famous commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And to love your neighbor as yourself is to embrace their pain as your own. To embrace their pain as your own. And you know, that applies to all situations. You know, you might be downstairs in, in the reception afterwards. There's a reception afterwards, eat food, drink downstairs. And, you know, in that reception, you know, someone that you could embrace in that way, or at a bus stop, or in a shop or at work, or, or in your family, to embrace those people. You know, even in a community like this, people have said to me, you know, I've been a member of the church for two years, and I, I don't feel I know anyone. You know, people will talk to you about, you know, how nice your clothes look, or, but, but they don't really engage with you in a particular, in a deep way. And, and a lot of that's because we're trying to protect ourselves. But we want here, we are a community and we want to get to know each other. We want to know what's going on. We want to know what's wrong and what's right. And I encourage you as part of that just to engage, to embrace others. Embrace is an interesting word. It means to encircle, surround or enclose. And it comes from the Latin words in bracarium, in your arms. That's what it means to embrace. It's to embrace something. I'm suggesting that during this period of Lent... Uh, for us, it's us taking people in our arms, that we should embrace people in our arms, of going out with care wherever we can and giving people the attention that we might really want for ourselves and giving that to others. And I think that really is the essence of Hats for Vets. You know, we're embracing people and taking them in our arms And that includes all we can muster, you know, our nature, our culture, and our friendship. Yeah, it might mean taking people into the woods, but we can bring others into our homes, you know, inviting people to our tables, uh, to restaurants, to films, to events, inviting people rather than waiting to be invited. Think about that over this Lent period. And that kind of embrace is non-judgmental. You know, often we don't go out to others because we don't approve of them of their politics. You know, with the idea of going out to others, we have to be aware of what's stopping us doing that in the first place, that, you know, maybe they're too high maintenance. I'm not going near them. I'll have to talk to them for the rest of the time, you know. They're too high maintenance, or we don't like them, or whatever we think stops us. The key is to feel their pain within us and and to have compassion on it. You know, I always think that compassion is the fulfillment of the spiritual journey. Compassio, to suffer with. That's what compassion is. It's to suffer with. So the end point of our spiritual journey is really, is actually to suffer with all creation. To take on the suffering of the world. And if that sounds familiar, that's the journey towards the cross. That's what we're going towards, Easter. We have to think, you know, we've come so far in our civilization. We've come a long way, but as Gandhi was asked, you know, he was asked what he thought of Western civilization, he said, I think it would be a good idea. (laughs) 
And, and, you know, there's a lot further to go. We, we've come to a point where we identify with just those that we feel are on our side. You know, we're willing to do that, identify with them. Our family, our friends, our country. This compassion goes beyond that, and it takes a worldview. Not what's best for me, not what's just best for my country, but what's best for us and our world. And when the Spirit flows through us, we become really one with all things, and we become part of transformation that is no longer preoccupied with the small self, small interests, but we identify with all, with all that we can see. And you can see people who've done this in the world. I mean, we know who they are. You know, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela. You know, he was asked, Nelson Mandela was asked, do you want revenge? And he said, of course I want revenge, but I want something else more, peace for my country. And I thought that was a wonderful thing to say. My Eckhart said, there is no such thing as my bread. All bread is ours, and it's given to me, to others, through me, and to me, through others. We share that. For not only bread, but all things necessary for sustenance in this life are given on loan to us, with others, and because of others, and for others, and to others, and through us. It comes through us. You get the gist of that, that interconnectedness of all things. And through our compassion, our willingness to share pain, we facilitate that. This compassion requires equality. No subject-object relationships. No judgment. And the key to understanding compassion is to enter into a conscious interdependence, which is conscious of the equality of being, of the equality of all of us. There is no reason to say, no, I am not going to be compassionate to that person. It opens the door between us and others, between us and everything else. Meister Eckhart said, in compassion, justice and peace kiss. In compassion, justice and peace kiss. We open ourselves to feeling for others as we do for ourselves. And therefore, we don't cut off from the pain that others bring us. We feel that pain. And it is through our openness that we provide the links between people through compassion that we love and through the transformation of the world. Henri Nouwen said, let's not underestimate how hard it is to be compassionate. Compassion is hard because it requires an inner disposition to go with others to a place where they are weak, vulnerable, lonely, and broken. And this is not our spontaneous response to suffering. What we desire most is to do away with suffering by fleeing from it or finding a quick solution. So I think this Easter, this Lent, what I'm suggesting is that we do go out to others as much as possible. When you're feeling sorry for yourself, find someone to look after. When you feel that you need something desperately, find someone else that needs something and look after them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We have to go out of our lives to live life itself. Jesus said, for whoever wants to save his life must lose it. And it's, this is within that. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. So that's what I'm suggesting for our Lenten journey. And we'll be following this over the the next few weeks. Let's pray. So Lord, we lift our hearts to you now. We open ourselves just to feel the pain of others. 
and we particularly feel the pain of all those involved in the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas high school shooting in Parkland in Florida. We open our hearts to that situation, to the pain of those children and parents. We share that pain and we are willing to consider the possibility of feeling it ourselves. And the pain that people feel all over the world, people in war zones, people with loss, people with anger, discomfort, people in prison, in hospital. We open ourselves to the pain of the world, to compass you, to feel with. May our attention be out over this period. May we feel the pain of each other in our community here, the hidden pains behind the smiles and behind the faces, behind the nice clothes, behind the money. May we be open to that pain. And we think particularly of those who are in difficulty at the moment in our community. We think of Patricia Hill. Think of Will Welsh, uh, Patricia Nichols, Barbara Orcutt, Tegan Sullivan, Mary-Kate Brewster, Soleil, Lee Bouguet, Betty Vanderveer. Think of Gary Daniel, of Sandy St. John, Father Joseph Boyle and Father Thomas Keating. Think of Patricia Overton, of Bill Archer, of Lindsay, Alice Davis's nephew, of the family of Elise Franklin and Royal Franklin and Joe Coffey. And those we remember in our hearts that haven't been spoken, pray your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen.